let's shift a little bit into like specific departments that are kind of going here. And so Jeff, I'm going to kind of toss it over to you and let you start first when you start talking about the things that are happening on the back end uh, with integrations and all the different stuff like that. What is your department working on? Uh, where does that connect with the rest of, of operations and maybe some of the others? What, what are you working at? Everybody here knows multifamily has a lot of different variables, right? I mean, when you start looking at how they pay bills, how do they manage units, how do they manage vendors, et cetera, we needed a back-end system where we could do that. Uh, and we could handle a owner, a management, and a property, and multiple variations of that. So we first looked at our accounting system uh, which we didn't think uh, QuickBooks could handle that. So we've added several systems that came up with NetSuite. So within the first year here, we worked a lot on implementing NetSuite, thinking our source of truth would be that, which it will be for accounting and inventory. Uh, but as we started developing our sales team, we got into Salesforce and developing Salesforce and implementing that. And as we went through that process, and from my perspective, it brings a lot of teams together on one call and one function. So you, from my perspective, I get to see and interface with all those people. And, you know, that's the coolest job really in the building. When you get to interface and work and try to build back-end systems that are going to work for everybody. Mm -hmm. And not only get them up and running, but then start filling the gaps uh, in between there and making the well-oiled machine that Omar talked about earlier. So from there, Salesforce, we went into Service Cloud, mm -hmm. which is another cloud of uh, Salesforce. And it made sense to migrate off Zendesk um, and get our user base into one system. And then from there, we went into Community Cloud, which really is uh, going to be a portal for our customers. It's going to basically bring them into our world uh, where they can do things like service requests, they can see dashboards, they can look at KPIs related to their property, they can pay bills, um, a multiple of things. And we can build upon that the more our systems uh, start talking to each other more. Yeah. And then we talked about the integrations between those two systems. So that brings in even more teams and more functions and makes things even work, um, you know, a lot more seamlessly. Mm -hmm. And it's been a struggle. I'm not going to say it's uh, not been easy because we've added teams right in the middle of all of this. Um, and we've added needs mm -hmm. uh, along the way. But we're starting to see those pieces come together. Yeah, And we're starting to see those pieces connect. And we're starting to see data exchange in a way to where we don't have to go pull that from somebody, mm -hmm. uh, which has been part of the process and some of the struggles. But at least you know where it came from, right? Yeah. When you have to go get it, you know where it came from, and you know how to basically build that connection to make it work seamlessly and kind of like a, a well-oiled machine. So we'll kind of keep going this direction here. So Omar, talk, yeah. talk technical operations with, right. with your group here. I'm going to do this very quick and high level, right, because I can talk forever. <laughs> um, as mentioned earlier, right, my, my, the technical operations department is comprised of a lot of different teams. Um, not in any particular order, but I'll try and keep them there. So the contract administration team, they work a lot with the sales group, right? Uh, getting contracts ready. They work a lot with the tech ops group, uh, doing those pieces there and with Tessa's team, right, to do that. Both so you have Christy Howard. Christy Howard, right, and her team. Yep. Uh, they handle the contract pieces, right? Work a lot with Larry, Brent, all those guys uh, to do that. Then the next part of it is the, along with that, what I was considering my technical operations, Group, and that's Kyle Pritchard and his team. And that part of it is 
They are the subject matter experts when it comes to anything technical in our products that we're deploying. Along with that, you know, the warehouse operations, John McBride over there, when we have to get product in, ready, configured, and shipped out, right, to, to these places. And then Kelsey Smith heads up the project management team. They're the ones that are the care and feeding and working to get this product implemented and delivered, uh, first of all, on time with as minimal risks as possible that are hitting it. So uh, she in turn is looking to the tech ops team with Kyle and then for any technical guidance questions that come up, working with Tessa's team uh, to make sure that they're incorporated in that project as well. Uh, because at the end of the at the end of the project, we will hand off fully to Tessa's team. So they start building that relationship in there, right? So you can start seeing how all these pieces uh, mm -hmm. Tessa's uh, training team, I don't talk, speak too much about that so she can talk about that, but they're also involved in this project, right, as we're training our customers how to use this platform uh, to do that. So all of those pieces, those four teams, different sub-departments that are in there, they're constantly moving parts. It's like puzzle pieces, right, working with different teams, keeping the sales groups up to date of how we're deploying this. So. Not very many people can say what the operations group can say is that we touch every department. You know, we work with the marketing group when we're out there on site, right, of how we're rolling out the collateral to these people for them to use. So work with the sales team all the time. So we're real, really fortunate. We were laughing the other day. We were talking to this group, and we were like, you know, you, operations is not for the faint of heart, right? Uh, Casey and Katie and... And uh, Jeff Lowry, all those guys know that it's not for the faint of heart too, right? Because they go through the same trials and tribulations in their arena where it's a lot of work, right? Yeah. yeah. And uh, But the flip side of that is really cool because you get to work with everybody, mm -hmm. right? There's not somebody that you don't touch. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's, let's, let's slide it on over right over here, to, to right? Because you all work very closely together, yeah, yeah, but at the same yeah. time, your people are inputting you know, information into various platforms mm -hmm. that you guys yeah. are, are picking up. Talk about the customer experience piece of this. I'll tell you this. I, my my team's definitely, they're rock stars. I mean, we have yeah. handpicked some amazing folks. Not only do they come from on, like some of them come from on site, but some of them don't. Um, but just the team itself and helping Jeff build out Salesforce, they jump right in there and they're engaged and they want to finish, you know, from beginning to end. Um, to Omar's team being engaged when a project's being deployed, right? We want to make sure, and even before Omar's team, yeah, right? Sales group. They are talking to sales constantly. Um, they even bring the CSMs into the fold. Sometimes they bring the training team into the fold because not only does the customer want to know before they sign on that dotted line, are we going to have that support after we <laughs> sign? Yeah. Because, you know, other companies don't have that. Right. And we want to make sure that we're going to be trained in ongoing training. When there's feature enhancements that come out, we want to make sure that our teams are the first to know and how to use it. Um, from there, I mean, you know, if we have an issue, who do we call? You know, do they work 24-7? What are they on? Um, so that's what my team does. Uh, the support team, we have four guys, Kurt, Pete, Brian, and Brian. Um, they are soon to hire another guy named Brian. Brian, 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 Brian. <laughs> but I'll tell you this: they are on top of it on the weekends, after hours. I mean, we have an emergency; they're on it. They're escalating it, yeah. and so um, 
much appreciation for that. Yeah. Um, and they communicate with the CSM, so the CSMs know that if they need to reach out to the regional, the VPs um, of that community, mm-hmm. um, we're making sure we, we have clear communication on what's going on. I want to jump to Larry for a second to talk about the broadband piece of things. Um, you know, that's that's something you've been doing. You've talked about this. You have a wealth of experience with this. But talk through what that looks like, the actual putting this stuff on property, taking care of uh, the managers and all that. Give us give us a, I don't know, kind of a day-to-day, like th- this is kind of some of the in-the-weeds pieces of that. Sure. So it changes on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. We have, since 2017, we've implemented so many communities in so many different ways. And uh, we've actually influenced yeah. the we've influenced the industry in terms of how do you do multifamily, and what I mean by that yeah. is um, there were practices that had been used by major telecoms in the past that we said, hey, that's not going to work. We need to change this. We need to change that. And so today we have some processes that work on property. And here's where it gets real wonky, because every address, every community that's out there has some telecom agreement in place that allows for that uh, telecom company to provide service to residents. The owners don't have that agreement with that resident yet, and what we're trying to do is put a bulk package in, which takes the relationship from a telecom to the owner, and then from the owner to the resident. So that's the complexity of a bulk agreement. Um, The benefit is obvious, the resident gets a lower cost product, the product is there and ready, always on, so that when they move in, they have internet. And then the great thing is, is the owner gets to participate in some of that profit margin that used to go all to the telecom. So that's a, there's a lot of moving parts in that, but um, we've developed some technologies and we're working probably more closely with charter communications. They own about 40, 45% of all of the apartments in America they serve. Um, about 40% are owned by Comcast. So between the two of them, you're 90% there, right? And so in our communities, Houston is Comcast, Xfinity, Dallas area is Spectrum Charter. So we work with them developing their products, but we're also helping the um, property staff understand how if something goes wrong, who do you call, right? Yeah. And if they, nothing else, they're gonna call Quext. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so whereas Charter may come and do a great job when they install it all, they kind of go away mm-hmm. and they're expecting things to just run like a, it should, but things happen. Right, and it could be a, a commercial power failure that happens, especially in Houston. There's a power grid that not as, not as reliable as all the apartment owners would like. So, so when that, yeah, and, you know, and that's not the fault of the telecom. But if power is out, guess what? You know, internet's probably not going to work. But so we, we get involved with that because we'll say, why is the power failing? Um, in an electrical storm, we found in Dallas that there was some technology implementation that didn't go well and lightning was causing equipment failures that were put in by the by the vendor. So we worked with our vendor to rewire their solutions. So that's that's the complexity. I don't know if I'm hitting on what you needed no, to hear from, I, I, but some of the in the weed stuff that's happening. Let's let's talk, Brent, I'm gonna let you kind of jump into this first, right? Um, with where Quext is, you are, you know, we, I think we could still call ourselves in a lot of ways a startup. You know, we, we are, we've got a lot of great things going when it comes to making our, our, our mark on various industries and different groups, but we also have a lot of products in development, um, still learning uh, the best way to scale various installations and those types of things. So, uh, and, and then what it looks like for, for procedures when it takes, when it comes to taking care of customers, um, and then also still making certain these things talk to each other. These various things are, are working together. 
Okay. Let's talk challenges for just a little bit. Okay. What do you What do you see as some of the the kind of from a again maybe a thirty thousand foot perspective some mm-hmm. of the challenges that that Quest is walking through right now? Well, I think I think there is a um, if if you look at how Quex came about, you know, so let's go you know go back to the beginning. We we had I think. Uh, Sean was probably the first employee of Quex, if I remember correctly. Yeah. 0001. 0001, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, working with uh, Dave Marcinkowski and, and, uh, and eventually all these other people start coming on and adding to it. So you're, at that time, they were Madeira, right? And so now you, you have this Madeira, uh, they got this Madeira culture that it works great for Madeira. And, but we're now moving into a technology company, right? And so, so typically technology companies have a little bit different culture, right? It's, it's, um, it's, uh, you know, probably best way. It's just different, right? It's a, yeah. there's various things about these two different it is cultures a different and industry. how it's a different industry, yeah. right? And so I think part of the challenges is how do we, uh, without divorcing ourselves from from Madeira, which ha- is is in my uh, mind, a key to the success that we've had, you know, up to this point, and our ability to to test product and and uh, you know service those properties and so forth. But how do we then become our own organization and, and and deliver those services and work together as a team and so forth? So I think that's step one. Is let's you know we we're working and uh, I think you'll see as we go forward through this year. Uh, some different things that we're going to put in place that will help us kind of address some of those things and say, how do we become our own, create our own culture, if you will, mm-hmm. for, for a technology company? That's one. I think the other is uh, we do have a lot of products, right? And so it's not like we have one product and we are, uh, let's, let's get it done and then, you know, we can kind of build a process around this product and we can get it to market and and support and service that, that product. It is... You know, we're we're adding more and more products uh, each year. Yeah. And again, as I mentioned earlier, that's to me that's exciting, and I think to a lot of the team, now it could be frustrating as well, right? But uh, but now you're having to you're having to handle different products because they don't always behave the same, and they don't necessarily need the same kind of support or the same kind of services or whatever it might be. So. So it requires other skill sets and other processes and systems. And, and draws different uh, collection of customers. Yeah. And draws different customers, <laughs> right. And so, it, so again, the old, you know, building the airplane while it's in the air is true. And so that's, that, would, that would be the challenges, I think. And I think the great thing is this team, and, and I'll speak of the other departments, uh, our tech group and marketing and so forth, sales, I think it's the group to get it done because I mean it's I think we have assembled and, and the leadership here has assembled a really good team to pull it off it's it doesn't mean there's not going to be challenges uh, but but it is a it's an opportunity I think for people to show what they can do yeah and and have a good time doing it I hope yeah Thank one you. of my personal challenges I'll just speak for myself is is patience right um, I don't have a lot so for example I go in Tessa's organization she's handling they're handling uh, questions from customers either it's a, a kind of an educational type question or a functionality type question and we think yeah, don't we have a product called digital human 
And doesn't digital right. human have a lot of capabilities to, if we populate it with the right kind of questions, yeah. it can have nice answers? And so I think about that. No, it's just time and money as you get to a priority. But that kind of a thing is another separator for us. With a, yeah. with a suite of products that, you, you know, each one on its own is powerful, but mm -hmm. the sum of the parts is greater. If you right. now have digital human and IoT, you, you have a better solution than if you right. just had either one by itself. Right. right. And those, those kinds of things that are going to come, it's just like, <laughs> and, and then behind all of that is another piece of, uh, we haven't dug much into, which is data mining. Yeah. Some of this information that our systems are gathering, um, the owners, the operators, and um, ourselves, well, there's, some, there's some value to be had from that. And I've, we've talked about it since the beginning of this 2017 when I first joined and we're trying to figure out how do we put in a door lock in the thermostat and it's like, oh, yeah, we're going to get there someday. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sooner, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's just like Brent said earlier, right? You have, once again, we're very fortunate that we have a lot of people in our organization that are very entrepreneurial mindsets and creative, right? And my, I gave the analogy the other day to a family member. It's like, I, you feel like you're in a relay race and we're passing batons. You have a whole other group of people standing there with a baton that had put me in, a new product, put yeah. me in, put me in. Exactly. We're not ready for you. Hold on, hold on. No, but I'm here, put me in. You know, but but that is the cool part about yeah. this, yeah. right? Is that I feel like we have very smart and bright people in our in this organization, right? In Madeira companies as a whole. Yeah. And this is just we're just scratching the surface Th thank y'all so much for doing this uh thank you for being a part of it and and, and being willing us. to sh yeah and to share your not just your expertise to brag on your teams to give us a picture of how your things are working together um because i think um whether you are quext or whether you are madera or viva or select and just knowing you're hearing about these other companies just knowing what you're doing is it's it's fun to see that um and and see the the picture that you guys are getting to, to paint together. So uh, with that, I'm going to go ahead and uh, close this out. So to the, the Madeira companies, to all of you guys, thank you so much for joining us and being a part of this and for learning about all the things that are going on. Um, you know, I, I think I speak for everybody at the table. We're uh, we're proud for you and the work that you're doing. And, and I think these guys are, are trying to do great work that makes your lives easier. And so uh, thanks for joining us and have a great day.